Welcome to the latest episode of Riding the Wall with your undisputed tag team champions of the podcast world again. Um, Justin, how was your week? I know we're coming at you, before you get into that, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say we're coming at you a day later than normal because we had a big birthday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday was old lady's birthday. Yeah. So how 20, is she? She's 20, 29 again. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought. It was either 28 or 29, I yeah. didn't know which. But. Holding it strong. Yeah, yeah. So, other than that, it's just been hot. Yeah, you know, somebody... Can't, can't go outside between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. No, so. somebody turned the thermostat up to 100 in hell. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... How was your yeah. week? Yeah, not bad. Same. Working. Hot. Hot. <laughs> sweating my balls off. Uh, working. When I'm not working, I'm just trying to stay in the pool or stay in the A.C., one of the two. Well, it's a win-win so, there. Yeah, that's what I think. So, um... And after this, I'm probably going to be back out in the pool. I don't blame so. <laughs> Don't blame me a bit. But um, we had a lot happen at Pocono. Yeah, it was this interesting past week. Drama field race. And I'm, I'm the first one to admit, I've never really looked forward to a Pocono race, and I've said all along, and I, I just Pocono doesn't really excite me. But I, I, like I said, I've always liked it. I like the three turn racetrack. You know it adds a little something different but it brought more to the table this this past weekend <laughs> yeah there was quite a bit going on up there this weekend we i mean we've got quite a bit we're going to talk about dylan and reddick hamlin bowman hamlin larson and priest and lajoy a little bit but uh, we'll take them one at a time dylan and reddick i don't know if you've seen the wreck as it you know like what caused the wreck or not Obviously, the big, the big uh, ending to that was Dylan ending up in the, in the infield and chucking his helmet at Tyler Reddick. Now, first thing I gotta say is Austin Dylan needs to go to the Tony Stewart School of Helmet Throwing right. first off. Yeah, you don't try you don't try to mimic a legend if you're not 100% dedicated to mimicking that legend. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I would never, my first time climbing up on the top rope, try, attempt a flying elbow until I perfected it right. behind closed doors, like yeah. Macho Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because if you can't do it right, you're disrespecting the legend exactly. that created it. You're, and you're making yourself, now you're a meme. You right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Tony Stewart... He's he's one of the kings, you know. You don't you don't attempt something like that unless you can do it as good as him or better. Right. And uh, yeah, I don't think Tony Stewart ever missed. No. He always hit the car. I don't know if he hit exactly where he wanted to on the car, but he always at least hit the car. Right. And I'll give Dylan credit. He had he had some zip on that helmet. I mean, he he chucked it pretty quick, but it also kind of looked like. It hit the track in that very bottom lane, so right. I don't know what, what are you doing. You know, Reddick's all the way up in the third you line. Just cost your, you just cost Grandpa another 150 bucks by damaging yeah. your helmet. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't yeah. even do what you were trying to do. I mean, you got mad, chucked the helmet, and it looked a little bit silly because you couldn't hit him. But but he had some zip on the helmet. I'll give him that. He just needs to work on the aim. Yeah. But well, I mean, with, hit your target always. Yeah, you know, always, hit the, always hit the target. I mean, it looked like he was skipping rocks out at the lake, you know, right. with his helmet. But I don't know. But I think, in my mind, in that wreck, I do believe Dylan was at fault. I don't think um, 
you know, because Reddick was on the inside, Dylan was on the outside. They were going into turn one, and it looked like uh, Dylan just turned down before Reddick started to turn. So I think Reddick was just holding his line. Nothing there. Dylan's just got mad and, and chucked his helmet for really no reason. Right. And on top of that, it's tough to hit the car with the Michael Jordan, you know, uh, wrap on it with your helmet during a race. It's 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 kind of disrespectful to Jordan too, right. you know. So right. I mean, I mean that's a saving grace. He can say he didn't want to hit the car on purpose just because of the wrap with MJ on it, but he wanted to get his. That you're out there, Austin, if you're listening. <laughs> um, so that there wasn't a whole lot to that. It was just kind of fun to watch. Um, I think pretty much everybody knows who was at fault there. Uh, always debate, of course, but just got to work on that helmet toss. Next thing up, we had Hamlin and Bowman. Um, not really a whole lot to say there. I mean, I know some people saying he hit uh, that Hamlin hit Bowman. I don't think so. Um, of course, I've only seen the one replay, and from the replay that I saw, you can tell that there was space between the front bumper of Hamlin and the back bumper of Bowman, but what a lot of people don't understand, and obviously I don't either, I've never been in those cars, but knowing how the air works and being a fan of the sport for a long time, you kind of follow and you learn some of these things that when these cars are going around at those speeds, I mean, they're pushing... I think they wrecked in, uh, or Bowman wrecked in turn four, or three, I'm sorry. Um, so they're still pushing probably 140 miles an hour around that turn. Right. And when these cars get close like that, nose to tail, it kind of creates this air bubble of like, if you can picture a beach ball in between the cars. When that car in behind gets too close, it's like it's smushing that beach ball, and then, you know... For every action, there's an opposite reaction, right? So then that beach ball has to expand back, and it kind of pushes the car in front. It's kind of like a rebound, or like a spring is in there. And I think that's just what happened. Bowman just got that rebound off of that air, and it kind of turned him, turned him around. So I don't think Hamlin did anything wrong. Did Hamlin know that that air was going to affect Bowman like that? Yeah, I believe he did. Well, and, and you know, a lot of people... You know, that you have to remember when you're watching these races, you have to remember there's physics involved right. as well. You know, when one car is in front of the other and you're both going high rates of speed, it doesn't matter how many cameras you have on that car or on those two cars. When the driver in car one in the front lets off, you don't see the immediate drop of speed visually right but that person in car two behind car one knows it immediately so mm -hmm. it can look like hamlin nailed him in the rear end when bowman could have let off yeah. you know what i'm saying it's it, it's a chain reaction there and i'm not saying bowman did let off i'm not saying hamlin didn't hit him you know what i mean but you, before people jump to conclusions and start yelling and screaming i get it i mean it's a you're a passionate fan right but look at it from all angles first anything could have happened oh yeah yeah and but it does kind of seem like hamlet's got a beef with he, he <laughs> the hendrick boys <laughs> he does seem to have a beef with with the hendrick boys and uh 
And how long do you think it's going to take before Big Rick gets involved, kind of like he did with uh, Justin Marks and Ross Chastain? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'd say he's probably already involved. He's... <laughs> I'd say something's been said already. Uh... You piss Big Rick off, that's when stuff starts getting sorted out. You know? Um, but Big Rick calls over to... 23XI or... Coach Joe. Yeah. And says, and says, hey, one more incident. Can you picture that that conversation? (laughs) I'm just trying to imagine. Coach Gibbs and Rick Hendrick. You got Grandpa Joe behind closed doors. He's by himself in his office and the phone rings. Picking up that red phone. Yep. And (laughs) the phone rings. He looks at it and says, oh shit, you know, that, that, that only rings when there's trouble. So he answers that phone and... It's Big Rick on the other end. An unhappy Big Rick. He's probably looking at that phone and going, man, I hope, does, it, I hope it's Jeff. Does, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. does, uh, does Grandpa Joe, after listening to Big Rick go on and on about how this is going to stop, does Grandpa Joe say, eat, the, it, calm, eat it, old man, or does the, he calm say... Calm the fuck down, Rick. Yeah. He's racing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what? I'm trying to picture how that conversation's gonna go. <laughs> you know, you just you just see old Grandpa Joe just rubbing his forehead the whole time he's listening to Rick gripe and stuff. Well, like, yeah, because I, know, I mean, because the way I see this whole situation <laughs> is, Rick, I see Rick being very frustrated this season. Oh yeah, like uh, a simple thing could set him off because of how Hendricks' season is going, with the exception of William Byron. Yeah, William Byron's killing it. He's oh, carrying he the whole team. Yeah. So, with the way Hendrick <laughs> Hendrick's team has been performing, I can see him being on the edge mm-hmm. all the time. Oh yeah. And um, okay. for him, I can see him very easily saying, "I'm calling, I'm calling coach. We're gonna have have a discussion." Because mm-hmm. I don't think he'd call 23XI because Danny's not driving for 23XI. He's driving right. for the coach. Right. And that's how I would at least go about it, I think. Yeah. Uh, get your dog on a leash, coach, you yeah. know. And if not, we'll do know, it for you. Because, I mean, that's the th- those are the two people that have 100% skin in the game. Right. You know, it's Hendrick and coach. It's their money, you know. So I'd say, they, uh, I'd say they've already talked. It'd be interesting to know what came out of it or to be a fly on that wall when it yeah. happened, you know? Yeah. But, and then, and then after that, to go one step further, after coach hangs up the phone, then he's got to talk to Denny say, Hey, this is uh you're not going to believe he just called me. Oh, big Rick over there. Well, I'm Slick sure, Rick down the road just gave me a call and just chewed my ear off. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Denny knows cause Denny's a part owner too. <laughs> oh yeah. So he knows how it is to have, he understands that fight from both sides of the exactly. fence there. So I'm sure Danny probably expect expected Rick to call Joe. Yeah. But it would be interesting to hear that conversation though. And to oh, hear yeah, how two, to hear how two legendary great team owners handled that situation. Yeah. And and that's and I say big Rick's involved just because Hamlin got a hold of Bowman, junked his car. And he put Larson in a fence. He didn't junk the car, but he, you know, yeah, of course, he definitely it. affected his day, obviously. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was just sitting there thinking about that, you know, trying to be a fly on the wall. Coach, Gibbs I'll make a office. prediction. 
yeah. what'll happen. Don't tell me what you're. I think you're gonna say. What I think is gonna happen is there won't be no retaliation to Denny. I think you'll see the Hendrick cars. Maybe not all of them. Maybe not even two of them. But I think you'll see it taken out on the fifty-four car. You think so? Make a point. That would that would that would definitely be a a heated point. Right. Yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. <laughs> Start firing at little Ty. He's he's the one with the temper. Right, he's the one with the temper, but that's also a grandson. That's also that's right. That's also that's blood. Joe's money. Yeah, that's his grandson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're really tweaking him at both ends there, right. aren't you? And that's going to lead us into the big one, Hamlin Larson. So, what was your take on the incident? Before we do anything, I just want to see what your take is because I'm going to give you mine. And you have no skin in the game either, because you're a Harvick fan, so you're not... Right, I don't, I don't. Neither one of these two are your main guy. I, I see, I seen them. only thing I took away from it was it was both racing hard. I didn't have an opinion either way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say <clears throat> Hamlin did anything wrong, I wouldn't say Larson did anything wrong. Because that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yep. I didn't see, I didn't see... Any I, wrongdoing. I didn't see anything malicious. Anything right. with bad intent. Yes. You and know? I'm and I'm a Larson fan. I don't mind Denny. I don't I don't boo Denny. I don't stand up and cheer he's, for Denny. He's middle of the field. Yeah, he's yeah. middle of the field. He's out there. You gotta respect his driving. You gotta know that he's he knows all the tricks in the book, so he can pull one of them on you at any time. But so I don't have anything against Denny. But with this incident, I didn't see any wrongdoing. It's just a it's just one of those tools in your toolbox that you know you got, and there's a checkered flag coming up in two or three laps, you know. Right. So and, and, and I've he, said on this show before, I'll wreck my mom to get a checkered flag, you know. Right, especially so. when the playoffs are this close. <laughs> exactly. You know. So and he got me my first win of the season. He did. So yeah, he did. Um, which is weird because fantasy reasons for fantasy stuff. Uh, Last time Larson and Hamlin got into it, I think it was Kansas when Larson was leading. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Hamlin bumped him, put him in the wall. Larson ended up nursing it and finishing second. I I had picked Larson in that race, and in this race, I picked Reddick. So Reddick ended up finishing second due to the Larson Hamlin incident. Right. But I didn't see any wrongdoing. No, um, me either. You know, as a driver, that's one of your goals is to put that other driver in a situation to where he has to make a decision. That way, whatever he decides is on him. You know, he can, like Denny said in his post-race interview, he can either stay in it, stay on the throttle, and who knows what's going to happen, or he can lift and keep going. Um, and that's that's the smart play from someone on Denny's side of it because Denny's not wrecking him. Right. Denny is forcing him to make a decision. Yep. Um, and that's 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 what it's all about. If you're not going to wreck somebody on purpose, then that's kind of the next best thing. Leave it in their hands. Yes, yeah. leave it in their hands. Make he could have he could have 
dumped him easily. Oh, he could have. And I, and I do believe there was contact. But it was ever so slight. Right. You know, I mean, but, and it could have been just enough to to get Larson's back end a little bit loose. He could have had a little bit of debris, you know, some of them little cinders on his tires that caused him to start going towards that wall. Who knows? But I didn't see anything wrong by Denny. Right. I mean, this is, and, and keep in mind, look, just like I'd already brought up once, that it, it, it was a do or die situation. For Hamlin and Larson, mm-hmm. really. I mean, more so for Hamlin. He he needs that win to get in, and we just got what five races till playoffs. Yep. I mean, he needs that win to get in, and he's going he's going to go after it. You can well, bet Hamlin already had one. Did he? Yeah. Yep, he's already had a win. I think. Um, that's, yeah, you're right. He yeah. does. He does have a win. Because, he well, he won the one at Kansas when yeah, he put yeah. Larson in wall. That was the other one that he's won. So he's got two now. Yeah. But, uh, but still, that don't mean... I was thinking my first win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. That was the confusion. It was my first win of the season. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but still, it don't matter if it's... If that was William Byron and Kyle Busch up there who each, you know, three and four wins... You know, yeah. Those guys, it's it's all thirty eight of them drivers. It's in their DNA to go after that checkered flag. Yep. Don't matter if they got three, four, ten, or zero wins. Right. They're going after another one. Because mm-hmm. if they wasn't, they wouldn't be where they're at. Right. Um, and that's yeah. It's just there was nothing. Was it a dirty move? Yeah. Some people could say it was dirty, but. I don't really see anything wrong with it. I mean, there's a lot of dirt that goes okay, on okay, out there on that let's, track. Let's go with that. Was it a dirty move? How much time did they have to think about it? One second. If well, that, if that. Larson had one second. <laughs> and once he was beside him, Hamlin maybe had a second. But Hamlin had a little bit of time as he's coming up. Yeah, to... but he don't know what Hamlin's going to do. You know? I mean, he left it, just like you said, He he kept in it and... Left it up to him on what he wanted to do. Right. So. I'm really surprised Larson didn't try to drive down the track and hold his line. You know, as as Hamlin was coming up, you can, and when you watch the replays, you can obviously see Hamlin sliding up the track because he's staying in the throttle. He's letting that car go where it needs to go. He's going to hold his line. There's no question about right. that. Larson, on the other hand, once they're side by side, he knows what's going on and he knows his options. And he, there's one option that he just is not going to do, and that's lift. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him, yeah. You don't have to lift. This guy's trying to pass me, you know, and that's what Larson's thinking. He's trying to pass me, so he's the one that needs to be doing all the work, not me. So, but yeah, once once yeah. Hamlin gets in, and, and Larson even said this in his post-race interview that he remembers Hamlin doing that same exact move, the same exact track, to Chastain, and it worked for him. So he knew as soon as Hamlin pulled up beside him, he knew what was about to happen. And I probably would have done the same thing Larson did stay in it. Or I would have probably tried to drive down the track, push Denny down the track, you know. Or once you see him ducking down low, 
I don't know. There's just so many things that can happen. Exactly. There's so many things that could happen. So much science going on at one time. Right. But there's so little time to think about it. Yes. And you've only got time for one decision. Right. You know, I mean, it's. (laughs) And hope it's the right one. (laughs) Right. That's all it is. And I mean, these are two Hall of Famers. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, they. That's why I say I'm not putting it on anybody. I could see myself honestly doing the same thing they both did. Will Larson get him back this week? No. I don't think so either. No. I just don't think Larson has it in him to retaliate. Well, I think he's got it in him to retaliate to not, to a certain level of disrespect. Yes, that's what I was getting at. I'm but thinking of not as far I, as I my, can see Larson an hour after the race in his hauler being like, I'm calm down now. No hard feelings. I'd have done the same thing. You know what I mean? After he... Because because Larson has done the same right, thing. Right, that's what I'm saying. You know? In that situation, he would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's going to be pissed immediately after the race because of what happened. But once he gets in the hauler in the AC, gets some water in him, calms down, thinks about things, watches some replays, whatever, he's, gonna, he's, he's that level-headed driver that's going to be like... Yeah, I ain't mad. I'd have done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I I don't listen to Denny Hamlin's podcast very often. I think I've only listened to a few episodes of it. But usually when something happens like this, I'll I'll listen to it just to get Denny's you know, side of the story. Right. Um, He's going to have something to say. And he, he did. You know, he did. He he denied there was contact. And I I think there was. I think it was very slight. He probably couldn't have felt it. But you can see Larson's car bump just enough to know that there was contact there. Um, but well, maybe just, we can get Kyle, get Kyle on the Riding the Wall podcast and get his side of the story soon. I'm sure we will at some point. Maybe. I'm sure we will. But I did listen to Actions Hypocritical or Actions Detrimental, you know, whatever you right. want to call <laughs> <laughs> uh, this past week, and and I got his take on it. But um, I, I just a lot of people are just bad mouthing Denny for the move, and it's the same move that he did to Chase Elliott when Chase Elliott right, uh, right rear hooked him, you know, yep. got Elliott suspended. It's the same move, and I don't think Denny Hamlin did anything wrong to Chase Elliott at that time, and it's the same move that Kyle Larson did to Bubba that got the whole big fight going last year in Vegas. So the move is common, and also Chastain and Gregson, right. same thing. The guy on the inside was always talked about as the guy that did something wrong in each and every one of them instances. But I don't see anything wrong in any of them. Right, but we... It's not wrong until your contact, until the guy on the inside, his passenger side of his car, and the other guy, let's let's take the the Hamlin-Elliott incident at the Coca-Cola 600. Hamlin was on the inside. His passenger side door... If it was making contact with Elliot's door, that's where he's in the wrong. Right. And that contact is made at the same time or very quickly before or after Elliot's contact with the wall, then that's wrong. Yep. But there's no contact being made in any of them. Well, this this move that we're talking about right now, I'm not going to say it. It was never done until this season and last season, but it has stood out. A lot more yes. in the last two seasons. Yes. Now, my my theory on this move being so 
in the spotlight is because these new gen cars it's no secret they're impossible to pass in everything mm -hmm. like that these drivers are great drivers it's their job to go out there and figure out how to get around other cars in the car they're driving now this move works mm -hmm. i mean they they probably lost some tools of their old driving style when this new gen car come out because they don't work with it yeah you know so i mean these all these drivers have been trying to learn and figure these cars out and how to pass and and make things happen and that's what they're doing i love it i respect it mm -hmm. now they did lose a lot of their previous tools that these cars could help them pass other cars with so i feel like this is one of them key moves that right there in that moment they know that car does it so they yeah. do it you know so i don't i don't have any problem with it as long as there's not malicious uh intent or plans planning to yeah you're not taking anybody out right on purpose. right yeah. yeah that's what i'm saying it's, I agree there's with that. no there's no uh, ill will yeah you know, you're not going out there trying to hurt somebody, crash yeah. somebody, take them out of a race. I mean, these guys, this is one move we know works. And and apparently it always pisses the guy off on the outside. <laughs> well, it's proven <laughs> that. But you know what But you know what I'm saying? These, it would. It, I'm sure in that moment it pissed me off. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but I, can, I can promise you one thing, that if... If I'm the car, if I'm the driver that's going to benefit from this move, I'm going to do it 100% of the time that yep. I have the chance to do it. 100% mm -hmm. of the time. Yeah. And I think as we start seeing this move more and more, I think the drivers are figuring that out, that this move works. Like Just like you said, you know, they're figuring this out, and they're going to it. It's becoming a go-to. But, um, and I think as we start to see this move more and more, you're going to start seeing that guy that was... On the outside, he's going to see that move coming, and he's going to block against it. Right. So then that's and then that's going to add a whole another level to it. Exactly. That's, and that's it coming up. It's at that part of it. It's not here yet, but it's coming up. Right. And I and think it's, it's going to be coming up pretty soon. Yeah. And it should. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm surprised they haven't already figured it out. You know, but they will. We have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll catch up with us at some point. Just call me smoke. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the Hamlin Larson. That was the big one of the of, of the race. Um, well, while we're, uh, which go ahead and go ahead. I was going to say I was moving on to Richmond, but you okay. got something else you want to well, talk we got about? Pocono. Just a little bit, yeah. just a little bit. There was also that wasn't all that happened. I mean, you right. know, that's that's already three fights, almost four fights when you count the big Rick and the Coach Joe. But then we've got ryan priest and and you know a good friend of the show Corey lajoy right i didn't we was talking about this earlier i didn't get to see this because i caught the highlights but yeah i did not see a replay of the wreck but apparently it was what caused the very last caution of the race so you know we get uh we get a restart and we've got a few laps to go um hamlin's out in the lead this is after the whole hamlin larson thing and then we're coming around to take the white. We just take the two to go. All right. We go around the start finish line. We come out of turn one, I believe it was. So somewhere between turn one and turn two, Ryan Priest spins out. Um, and I don't know what happened to him. Apparently, 
Corey LaJoy was involved with that somehow, which should surprise no one. Right. Right? <laughs> um, but I don't know if Corey LaJoy was in the way. I don't know if he helped him go around. I'm pretty sure I know what, what he, Priest is thinking, but uh, I didn't see a replay, so I don't know. But Priest spins out. The rest of the field comes around, and I'm really surprised, and this is one thing that aggravated me, was as soon as Priest spun out, there was no caution flag thrown. Okay, so he, he spins all the way over here right after turn one. Yep. They let the field go around. Now, any other they time... They let him get to the halfway point. Well, they let him get to the white flag, yes. You know. So any other time, as soon as a car... I mean, how many times have we seen a car just going sideways and the yellow's already thrown? I mean, the car is still moving at speed. Well, to, also, just, too, it depend, to me, it depends on the size of the track we're on. If we're on Bristol and the car's on the front stretch going sideways, yeah, I'm throwing that yellow light on immediately. But if it's on Daytona or Talladega, he's got time to get his car off. Let's see if he gets his car off the track or if he spins it around and keeps going. You yeah. Know? But, but, and, and along those lines, I've seen 98% of the time, as soon as that car spins, they're throwing a caution. Right. That way... The pack has time to slow down before they get there. Well, you, timing you, of the race, you've too. Already got, right, <laughs> and you've already got the uh, the safety crews are already going out to check on the driver, whatever the case may be. Um, Let's re-rack them and have another exciting restart. Exactly, and I thought that's what we were gonna, what was going to happen, which at the time I didn't want because I seen my guy that I picked was running second, so I didn't want another restart. So it played out good for me, but um, it's... I have noticed that, you know, they throw the, the caution flag pretty quick, and they didn't throw it this time. They let the field come around for the white flag. Then they throw the caution flag, which I thought, well, that's that's different. You know, is it dirty? No. I mean, they have time restraints. They have, you know, TV time and all this stuff that they've got to get this race over with. And um, But I don't think that that should have a factor in your decision because caution flags are for safety purposes right right so that's the whole purpose of the yellow flag is for safety for everybody else including the guy that spun out and just sitting there on the track yep. so basically what i seen was that nascar chose the time restraint over safety which is kind of a big deal you know i'm i understand why they did it to a certain extent, I'm okay with it. To a certain extent, I'm not. You know, um, yes, let's go ahead, let him take the white flag. If he ain't moved by then, race is just over. Yeah. If we have to throw the caution, in which they did throw the caution, race was over. Um, I just, I wasn't a fan of how it was done. You know, because like I said, 99% of the time the caution flag would have been thrown immediately. Re-rack them, let's go again. That was not the case. It was. Um, it was let's let's see what happens, right? And let it go. Yeah, there was but, enough track space for it. There was, so. and that's why I kind of I'm I'm okay with what happened. But again, it's yeah. it, it's a whole other thing. But anyway, back to my story. After now, I did see um, a thing on I, I seen a replay of something, and it was from an in car camera of the guy, whoever it was. I don't even know whose car it was. Was uh, behind Corey Lejoy as they come in off the track onto pit road. LaJoy's still in the car. All you can see is Ryan Priest just running, like, you know, 40-yard dash running 
to LaJoy's car, and as soon as he gets there, he just reaches in, he grabs him, and it looks like he's either shaking him, or he might be, I don't know, slapping his helmet. I don't know what he's doing in there, but it looks like he might be shaking him. And uh, so he was pretty pissed off about that, and that's that's really all I've seen. You know, then, uh, then he, I don't know, Priest was at his window for probably five or six seconds before people got to him and pulled him off of, of LaJoy, and then that's that was good, pretty much all I've seen. I think that'd be a good fight. It would. They're both, both about the same size. Yes, I mean, both priests out. And priests, you can just tell, priests don't put up with a lot of shit. No, he's a he's a Stuart He's like Hall a country style. boy type of... You know? I mean... Yeah, he don't put up with no shit. But no. At, at, at the same time, Corey LaJoy looks like he can scrap. Yeah, absolutely. I think he would, so I think that'd be a pretty good one. I'd like to see it. You I know? mean, uh, you know, at, uh, Priest, you know, he's that small town, dirt track, short track driver. Yeah, you know, he's, the temper's there. Right, I mean, he's... <laughs> I mean... Personality-wise, I'd say he's pretty close to Smoke, which is, you know, that's who he's driving for. Yeah. You know, personality-wise, temper-wise, everything like that. I mean, he's quiet. You know, I think Smoke's got more of a sense of humor. Yeah. You know, but maybe maybe Priest does, too. They just, just hasn't been on camera as much as Smoke was. You know what I mean? Right. So, but they definitely have that in common. And I think, you know, just like Smoke, Priest hold his own. Yeah. But... Oh, I'd say Priest can hold his own with I'd anybody say, in the I'd, garage. I'd say LaJoy could probably hold his own as well. Yeah, so. I think so too. <laughs> That'd be a pretty good match. Right. Um, and, and the last fight, the last fight that there was, and then I'll be off of Pocono, but I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there is a, a video that was put out about Logano and the record driver, or the safety crew member. I didn't see you, that. You didn't see that? Oh my gosh, that is funny as can be. I laughed and laughed. Because, you know, you got this image of, of Logano. You know, he's always smiling, always laughing, always having a good time. But this is an in-car, like the in-car dash cam, of right after he wrecked. He's backwards on the track, and he's up against the wall. Four flat tires. <clears throat> and uh, the safety crew is getting to him, and he's like, Come on, come on, I need a push. You know, he was he didn't want to lose no laps. He just wanted to get pushed back to, to pit road to get his tires changed because he knew nothing was wrong with the car. He just needed new tires. That's it. So he didn't want to be sitting on the track very long. So he's yelling at them, Give me a push, give me a push. And they're like, What? What? And he's like, Push it. He's getting mad. He's yelling. And then uh, so they hook up to him, and they start to push him. And this car sounds like absolute ass. Right? So he's like, Put it on the hook. Put it on the hook. You know, so he realized something, something is wrong with the car. It's now we got to hook up to it, right? <laughs> and so, so they're like, "What?" They couldn't hear him, and he's just yelling as loud as, and he's getting louder and louder. Hook it up. Hook it up. And they're like, "What?" He goes, "Hook the fucking thing up." I mean, he's just going off, and he's just <laughs> f bombing everything. <laughs> <laughs> and he's getting more and more and you can just hear it in his voice he's getting so pissed off at this guy and it's the same guy that he's talking to <laughs> so they hook him up from the back and like the safety crew guy walks away and he he calls him a few names they the the um replay that i've seen the video that i've seen it, it, it didn't bleep it out oh, yeah. no it did not <laughs> so i've seen it on youtube you might have to look it up but it, it was funny as could be so then they hook it up, they get him back to pit road, and of course his fender's all jacked up, and the the tow back to pit road messed his car up more than the wreck did. So 
And then when he gets out, he's like, yeah, that kind of sucked. But he had a smile on his face, you know, so it, it just makes it funny when you, when you see think both of, sides of it. Yeah, yeah, to see both sides of Logano like that, and he's just mad as hell and cussing this guy. Well, and I get that. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, just yeah. like we, I said 10 minutes ago, these guys are passionate about their job, you know. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> but to hear Logano going off like that was... I, I need to, I, I I need mean, to save that If audio. I was a safety guy, I'd probably stand there and look at him and laugh my ass off like... <laughs> need to calm down motherfucker yeah. I mean, you're out you just don't know yet right <laughs> so that was funny that was the last little bit that i had about pocono but i i must say to sum it all up this was you know i think they the need best to, pocono if, if it was me you know like i think it'd be hilarious for you know like um Well, well, next time we'll see it'd be Bristol, but at every race, you know, when they do drivers, driver announcements and all the fans are cheering or booing, however they feel, you know, but when they announce Joe Legano, everybody go, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of like, kind of like your stone cold, stone thing. cold thing, but you know, <laughs> hook it up. What? <laughs> I think every time they announce Joe Legano's name before the race, everybody should chant, what? <laughs> that would be funny as hell. <laughs> But that's all I got about Pocono. It was it was the best Pocono race that I've seen. It will make me look forward to the next Pocono race. Um, hopefully it has just as much excitement as this past week did. Um, now we go into one of the one of the circuit's favorites. Yeah, this you is going to be Richmond, a hell of a race. You know, I think Richmond is just going to be a hell of a race because, well, just because you know time's running out to get into the playoffs. After Richmond, we're only going to have four races, and this two is, of which are going to be road this, courses. This is the last, like, badass short track before the playoffs. Yes, and yeah. and there's so many people that could win this race. Yeah, before you throw in the fact that it's a short track, so all the contact, all the beefs that we just had last week at Pocono or earlier in the year, it's a very familiar short track. Yes, you know there there ain't. There ain't none of this. Well, they've only raced on it twice, or you know, it's new pavement or new uh, asphalt. You know, there ain't no, there ain't none of these variables in this race. Yeah, it's the same track they've been running on very for familiar. years. Very familiar with it, so they know. Even the rookies, even the rookies race this track a lot during Xfinity series and Craftsman Truck series. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the rookies know this track. Oh yeah, so it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. Because like I said, there is, I can probably think off the top of my head, six or seven drivers that could win this race. Favorites, yeah. And then to put on top of that, the beef. To put on top of that, it's a short track. You're going to have a lot of contact. All, all the emotions that's going to be in this race. It's, from last week, even. Yeah. Just from last week. Oh, yeah. That's not. Yeah. You know, I mean, Reddick, Hamlin. Kyle Busch. LaJoy. They're all going to be driving... With the rear view, because where's that guy at? Where's he, he's not gonna hit me, you know, from last week. All right, but Kyle yeah. Busch, I mean, he's got. Kyle Busch does very good at this track. Yeah, I mean, he he's outstanding. Mm -hmm. Kevin Harvick, he needs Hamlin. a win to get in. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Kevin Harvick wins this race. Right. I mean, think about it. It's sponsored. The race is sponsored by Bush Light. Kevin Harvick is sponsored by Bush Light. The stars Harvick's are aligned. Harvick's last year, the, the stars and the planets are aligned for Kevin Harvick <laughs> to win this I week. took Kevin Harvick in the Fantasy League, so I'm really hoping that pans out. But, I yeah. mean, Ford, this is probably their strong suit, too, is these half-mile short tracks, yeah. you know? 
So, mm-hmm. it's um, it, it's going to be a great race because I think all the Gibbs cars are going to be fast. I think Hendrick's going to be fast. Hendrick is going to be fast. Um, you know, Byron I, and Larson can go out there easily and take this thing. Chase Elliott maybe even. This could be a place for Ryan Blaney to get another pick up another win. Yep. I mean, it's Logano just, does really well there. Right. I mean, it's anybody's race, literally. But there, you can bet there's going to be some. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The term I'm looking for. There's going to be some debts settled. Yeah. During this race. <laughs> well, I I hope it's not Denny Hamlin. Right. Um, because. Is that who you took? That's who I took. Uh, yeah, I yeah. remember that now. I, I picked Denny Hamlin to win Richmond before they started practicing at Pocono. Yeah. So, you know, and HR then all knows, this happens. HR knows that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then all this happens, and I'm like, well, great, you know, because you the, I've already locked in Harvick for next week at Michigan. Have you? Well, oh, yeah. I haven't sent yeah. you the text yet, yeah. but I'm going to. But I, I am going to pick Harvick next week at Michigan. Um I've said that for a while. I've yeah. already had it locked in. Yeah. So I needed that good Richmond pick, and Denny Hamlin was the one. Um, and then so, he goes out and puts the biggest target on his back. Yeah, and then he goes out <laughs> and starts jacking with every Hendrick car out there on the track. <laughs> it's just crazy. But um, I don't I don't really see Hendrick. Larson and Byron, I think, can do something this weekend. Chase and Bowman can. I just don't think they will. I think... Um, I think those two are just out there driving right now. I don't think they are... Just getting a paycheck, huh? Right. They're just saying, well, this this year's a wash. Let's just get this over with and move on to next year. I don't... Um, and it's tough to say because both of those guys, it's not like... You know, when they get interviewed, they just have this... They're not like high strung. They're not high energy when they're getting an interview. So Chase Elliott always seems laid back. Well, I mean, so he don't seem to have that. He's uh, always going to have a ride, no matter what. Right, and that that helps his attitude, I'm sure. But you know, he just so you never do see like that sense of urgency that Chase Elliott should be having right now. But you know, I think Chase Elliott could could make the mistake that Kyle Larson made. And Chase Elliott still be in a car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the uh, the mistake that, that lost him his Ganassi ride. And his and NASCAR kicked him out. Yeah. After Ganassi kicked him off. You know, I think Chase Elliott could do that and get away with it. You're probably right. I mean, <laughs> Chase Elliott can do no wrong. Um, I mean, I don't think Kyle Larson should have been. I don't think he should have been kicked out of the sport. No, absolutely not. Um, obviously with what he did, it's, it's sensitive now. It's probably more sensitive now than it has been in 60, 70 years, you know, since probably the sixties. But, um, I think you're right. I think Elliot could have got away with it, even with all the sensitive stuff out there. They would have found a way. Um, but Larson shouldn't have been kicked out. I think he... He may have had to go through some things, you know. His, I don't think his... he should have been fired from Ganassi. You know, I mean, I get there's, it's not Chip Ganassi saying, we don't like you anymore, get out of our building. It's right. sponsorship dollars, you know. Yeah. But this world's forgetting that people are human, mm-hmm. you know. If, uh, yeah, treating everybody like they're automated or right. like they're computerized. I mean, they're, you know, they, 
they're forced to take signs down, statues down, you know, things like, I mean, Cracker Barrel sign's still up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't that offensive to some? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, but, anywho, I let's get back to racing. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's, this I don't is know, it's going to be, it's going to be a great race. I'm going to say there's easily 10, 12 drivers, even Chris Busher. Yeah. I think Busher can go out there and do this thing. Yeah, he could. Well, I mean, he's won at Bristol. He right. won, what, last year? Yeah. Yeah, the night race. So, yeah, he could. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him at all. I hope he don't. Right. <laughs> For selfish reasons that we'll talk about here in a little bit. but. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, uh, well, like I said, I think there's 10, 12 drivers that can go out there and take his checker. Yeah, I think so far this year, I don't and know. I know we've got a lot of good races coming up. But I think so far this year, this is one of those races that I could say beforehand, this is going to be one of the must-watch races. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Um, a lot of them are like, well, this could happen or that could happen. But this one here coming up at Richmond, that's going to be a must-watch. You're going to have to because there's going to be so much. And I think there's probably going to be a couple more beefs come out of Richmond. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of, lot of maybe going things in. to say after the race is oh, over. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, bring on all that drama. Bring on all that smoke. We're good with that. Sam, you think it'll finish under green-white checker? Or you think it'll finish green? I think it'll finish green. I mean, I know that don't make for the interesting finish, but we never know. You know, just depends on what happens in five, six laps before that. Exactly. Depends on the mood of NASCAR that day. You know, um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, and that, And the win from... Denny last week at Pocono brought the count to Toyota. Has got seven wins now. They're making a run at Chevy. Yeah, Chevy's still stuck on twelve. Ford, they're still sucking hind tip. They're sucking hind tip really bad. Um, but I think I think they'll get a couple more. It's just a matter of where's it going to come from. It could come from Harvick this weekend. Fingers crossed. You know, love um, to see him get a get a win there in his final season. Oh yeah. But. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good. So, you know, with the history of Richmond and, the, you know, the nostalgia of that track and everything, you got any, we've talked about this at certain tracks and certain races over the last, over this season, but you got any favorite memories of there? Of Richmond? Yeah. <clears throat> no, the only one that really stands out at Richmond is the Kyle Busch Dale Jr. incident <laughs> from years awesome. ago. Yeah. Um, that carried over quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, that did carry over. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell it was blatant. You know, oh, Kyle yeah. Busch just said, screw you, I don't care yeah, what your but, name but is, it, watch this. He didn't hide it either. <laughs> no, he didn't. That's what I liked about it was he owned it, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah, he'll do that. He don't really care what your thoughts are. He don't care what your opinion is about it. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he's going to do on the track. Yeah. And I respect probably, that. Probably my... Uh, you know, probably mine would be, um, it was Smoke's first cup win. You know, that's where he got his first cup oh, win. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. In, uh, 99, his hmm. rookie season, he got his first cup win there. That was pretty cool to see the hometown boy oh, yeah. do it. You know what Making I mean? Making it big on the big it was, stage. It was already big news that he was there, you know, that he was at this level mm-hmm. and everything. And everybody's watching just, to see see our boy get this get a win sometime yeah you know and he does it in his rookie season at richmond yeah. as september 11th 99 huh 
pretty awesome. That is cool. Then the infamous Clan Boyer. <laughs> you know where he uh, he was proved where I can't. Is remember. that where he spun out on purpose yeah. to uh, help his teammate make the playoffs or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Can't remember. I know Jeff Gordon was up there. Jeff Gordon might have been leading the race. That's and yeah. I remember hearing something. I remember watching True something X, on the radio. His teammate Truex was up there fighting. Okay. And Boyer intentionally spun, and they proved it. Uh huh. And because that was the bubble race. Yes. And. Uh, and I don't remember who Boyer's was. It. Truex was Boyer's teammate at the time, yeah, and might, he was the one that needed the points or something like that. Yeah. So Boyer spun to help Truex get into the playoffs. Right. For they, they Michael both, Waltrip Racing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Boyer and Truex were teammates at MWR. Mm-hmm. And I believe Boyer was driving the five-hour energy drink yep, car at the 15. time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. But they ended up because only twelve cars at that time, that in that. That year, only 12 cars went into the playoffs. Yeah, because that was still the early stages of the playoffs. Right. right? And um, they ended up putting a 13th car in. It was Ryan Newman, I believe, got put into it because of Boyer's. No, I think Jeff Gordon was the 13th car. He might have been. I think it was Gordon. And a lot of people were pissed off because... NASCAR's just playing favorites to Hendricks, right. you know, that whole story again by letting Gordon in. So that really pissed a lot of people right. off. Right, yeah, but I couldn't remember the details, but I remember yeah. watching that race and, and all the aftermath of it. And It's crazy. You know, but the things people will do, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean you're going to hang that. Right, it's your teammate. It's money. Uh-huh. Um, do you I think was, it's a good thing or a bad thing that they can prove stuff like that now? I think it's a bad thing. Do you? I don't like it. And what if you was? Well, I mean, obviously, you the, the if, guy on the if other you're end the of victim, <laughs> then you want to be able to prove it. But um, if you're not the victim, it it kind of takes away from the oh shucks, I didn't mean to do that, you know. Um, it takes away from the whole Dale Earnhardt rattling the cage. I meant to rattle his cage. I didn't mean to spin him out. Well, nowadays they they would know if you meant to spin him out, but, but it just makes the art of retaliation a little bit more. Um, but would, thing, would things get carried away though, you know? If, but I. What do you mean? If you could intentionally do things and get away with them, not get caught with all the data tracking systems they have on these cars, they can prove if you do pretty much. Yeah. They can prove if you intentionally did something. Mm-hmm. If if you had to say I like it or I don't like it, it's going to be this way going forward. I don't, I don't, I still don't like it. Right, I don't either. I'm more of an old school guy. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm just, because I think the old school way, I mean, I do like and I do appreciate all of the technology that they have in these cars now. I like, I do appreciate the, the data that we can see, you know, and it's just like watching it on TV, you know, they show these, they bring up these things where you can see where they're in the throttle, how much brake they're given, how much they're turning, you know, you're seeing all these things inside the car that, you couldn't see before but to me i'm just that old school guy that i would love to see these guys pulling up and they're they don't have these 10 million dollar haulers they've just got an old ford pickup truck with, Flat a, with an, not <laughs> even sides on it yeah they've got a tire rack on their trailer you know and that's that's just how they're pulling these cars into the track i think that would just be 
I think that would be just badass, you know. So I'm and and I like the fact that. But it seemed like there was more of a level of respect back then too. Well, yeah, between because, the drivers, exactly because you knew if you did something, they would intentionally get you back. Yes, because them drivers know. Right. He did that crap on purpose, or he it was just a rubbing deal. Right. They they knew that. You do it on purpose now, and it's almost like you're shamed. Yes. You know, for it now. But back then, it's like that's how the peace was. The peace was kept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. You knew it was boys have at it way back before it was boys have at it. You know, right. the drivers will police themselves if you allow them to. Mm-hmm. And. You know, I think there's that hard line that you can't cross, like um, intentionally clipping somebody in the right rear. You know, that I think the punishment for that needs to be a little more severe. But other than that, hey, boys have at it. But, you know, like Boyer's move at Richmond years ago, that didn't affect anybody but Boyer as far as cars go. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't even damage his car. You know, he just spun. Yeah. And And they threw a caution. Do you think that was okay? That they can prove that he spun on purpose, or just him spinning is okay? Just him. I don't believe that that's. That move. I don't think it's right. Um, you know, you because, understand why, doesn't it? Like me. Oh yes, I, I totally understand, and I and I'm not, I'm not mad at him for doing it because of why he did it, but at the same time, racing is. It's a team sport, but it's an individual sport at the same time. Right. Um, so when you're out there in that car, you're out there with, in their case, at that time, 42 other animals that are just as wild and crazy and, and passionate, passionate as, as they are. So yeah. they're all out there fending for themselves. So, and like Jeff Gordon was the one that got... Added... Well, he got added, but he was the <laughs> one that got hurt by because of the points and how it played out with the way the race ended. I think Ryan Newman was the one that got in. It could if be. I remember. Whoever whoever was that got screwed over on the points and was left out. It, it would have been Gordon. I could and totally they understand. Him, they added him anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I can totally understand Gordon being pissed off and wanting to fight about that because what he did... Had you know his car wasn't jacked up, he just spun out to help this guy, which in turn screwed me. Which anybody in Gordon's spot would have been pissed. Yeah, Gordon shouldn't have been that far behind. Right, it's his fault. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if he'd have been in a Ford, if he'd, he'd have been he better, would have been further ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rick, go to Ford. I could have won that race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not this season, but. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I'm just more of the old school. You know, to hear, I think one of the greatest things for me is to listen to these old school guys that were in this sport at the top level 40 years ago. You know, the sport, like when I was a kid, like that long ago, like I'm talking 80s, early 80s, late 70s, when these guys were in there doing it, there was no... Electronics. There was no electronics. You know, whatever you had in a car was it. Um, you know, you're, you're timing laps with a stopwatch. They're, they're figuring up their math on tires and fuel on pen and paper right there on top of the box. Um, and, and the guy that's seven stalls down, he don't know when you're going to pit 
the only way he's going to know when you're pitting is when you come in. So then all of his information either needs to be thrown into garbage and start over real quick or, well, Stick with crap, it. they messed us up. Let's see what we got. You know, whatever, you know. So I think that on-the-fly part of it was was what made, made it, it better yeah. to me, made it a little more exciting. But at the same time, listening to these old guys, like, uh, of, of stories of what they went through just to get their car to the track or while they're at the track, you know, listening to some old DW stories from back in the day is is yep. fun and incredible. And that's just the, and it's just the level of ingenuity that they had, passion and ingenuity, you know, that uh, whole creative engineering stuff that uh, we've talked about before that, you know, they're doing stuff to their car that they know is illegal as hell, but they're going to try it anyway just to right. see, you know. And I think all that kind of stuff is pretty cool that you would never get away with nowadays, which makes which makes back then a little bit more fun than today's. But as far as the product on the track, back then you only had three or four guys that could win the race, whereas now you've got 15 to 20, you know. Right. And they're passing people with ease back then because... Maybe Rick Hendrick had an engine that could produce fifty more horsepower. Yeah, usually, than, it was Richard Petty. And oh yeah, Richard Petty, Petty or, or Childress <laughs> back then. You know, with Earnhardt, that they're producing so much more horsepower, they could just pass anybody at will. Whereas now, everything's on such a level level Equal. playing field yeah. that it's it's so much tougher to pass. Which it kind of takes a little bit of excitement out of it, but then again, it puts Make, more excitement into it, it to at me, the same it's, time. It's making the drivers better now. I don't well, think I don't I don't think that it is, but it isn't. I don't think it's saying that they're better than the guys in the seventies and eighties and nineties. I'm not right. saying that, but the class of drivers that we have right now, I think it's making them. I think it's making them better, because now they have to. They have to go, think a lot more. They have more. to go outside of their box. They, you know what I'm saying? They have to think outside the box. They, they, they can't count on the car to do this and, hey, I've just got to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, and that thinking outside the box is getting us instances like we've seen, like Larson Hamlin. Right. This past weekend in Pocono. He's thinking outside the box to do what he's got to do to get around Larson. Whereas in the past, it was just, I just got to catch him. Once I catch him, I can get around him. No problem. I just got to catch and work my way through the traffic, whatever the case may be. Now it's like, like you said, they're thinking outside the box. They've got to, they've got to use their brain a lot more as far as what they're going to do when they get there, how to get around this guy. But at the same time, I think on the on the other side of that argument, I think it is not making them better just because these cars are so hard to pass in. They're just dumping people to get around them. Well, you know what I mean? I'm not saying you're wrong there, but I haven't seen a huge amount of intentional dumping this season. You know, last season we did, mm-hmm. but I think it was just it's the first year of the new gen car. They were trying to, they were getting frustrated. They couldn't figure it out. They they had very little time to figure it out, but. This year, it seems like since it's year two of this car, they had off-season to figure some things out. They had some chill-the-fuck-out time and get some time to wrap their heads around it and time to talk about it with their teams. 
but it's I like that it's forcing them to think outside of the box because that's the only this is like the only time in the last 20 years I can remember these drivers and teams having to think of ways to pass another car like the way they thought about it in the 70s and 80s yeah you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. it's that's what I do like about it was now it's forcing these guys to think of having a piece of extra tape on their wrap yeah or did it did it make them win i mean i wouldn't think it would but both them cars finished first and second they were pretty far ahead of everybody right you know i mean so uh hood louvers you know i mean we've had so many little bullshit things Mm -hmm. that have happened this year and it's it's like it's finally making these these professionals in the garage and on the track both think of ways to get the upper hand and that's what i like about it yeah so it i agree it's kind of both it's kind of both i Um, wish they'd let them fight like they used to i wish they would too (laughs) just let them duke it out right there you know who knows one of these days we might see a big rick and a a coach coach joe out there on the sidelines can you imagine the stat flight ready boy (laughs) That would be fun. That'd be pay-per-view stuff oh, right there. Yeah. Um, that's all I got about Richmond. You got anything else about it? It's gonna be exciting as hell. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be one of the best races yeah. of the year, I think. Yeah, don't miss it. Yeah. Um, I was gonna tell you, I took a video. I meant to send it to you this week, but uh, I went to the races last week here. Yeah, Friday night. Yeah, they had, had a Friday night race. I was gonna ask you during yeah. the episode how it was. It was pretty good. Um, it was really good. I think they ran four classes. They had the Modifieds. They had the Hornets, which Hornets in our area, uh, for those of you listening, is front-wheel drive, four-cylinder cars. Um, a lot of people may confuse that with Mini Stocks. Mini Stocks is a rear-wheel drive, six-cylinder car, like a little Mustang, something like that, in our area at least. And the Hornets are the front wheel drive four cylinders so they had they had quite a few hornets there they had modifieds i think they probably only had maybe 12 modifieds show up wasn't it wasn't it well no they didn't even have 12 i think they might have had eight to ten yeah um same person won which really pissed me off harman yeah and here's what really made me mad about it he's he's lost up there this year so i'm 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 fine if he's gonna win now but uh (laughs) they had a uke tire that was pushed it was in turn one and i don't know how it got there but it was there before the races ever start they had a uke tire that was kind of pushed out into the very bottom lane it was actually on the dirt of the track which is not uncommon the whole tire was on the dirt yeah yeah the whole tire i mean there was yeah it was out there it was it was basically it was i thought it was out there to force these cars up another groove right go high yeah go a little bit higher well the racetrack is actually it's it's already kind of narrow, um, but there was still plenty of passing room, and there, those tires were not out on the track in turns four, right? So, um, and they raced the first class that they raced that night, I believe, was the uh, Crown Vicks, which they had a shitload of Crown Vicks up there. Yeah, that's... they had probably more than a full feature, which uh, which made for a good show. The, the Crown Vicks was pretty, probably the best show of the night. Yeah. Um, and I filmed probably the first few minutes of it 
just to show you how many cars were on the track. Um, but it was a half mile track, so they can fit quite a few of them big cars on there. But um, but yeah, what really made me mad about the modifieds was that they ran. I think they ran the Crown Vicks first, and then they ran the modifieds. And the modifieds had two heats, so they ran the first heat. No big deal. They run the second heat, and that's the heat that Harmon was in. Right, he's in the second heat. Did they move the tire just for him? Could you see that on my face? <laughs> no, I can see it. I can see it with the politics. Uh huh. Well, let me tell you, they ran the whole first he do- he, heat. He, he dives low in turn one. He's a bottom feeder. Yes. Yeah. Um, the left side of his car will not get a scratch on it, guaranteed. He drives. He just he stays on the bottom. So, which hey, that's. That's a strategy, right. you know. Some people have that strategy, some people don't, and that's his. But um, yeah, they were taking the uh, the little pace laps before the race started, and then I think they they dropped the green and only ran one lap before somebody spun. Something happened. They had to throw the caution. So during the caution, Harmon stops in turn four, and he's talking to somebody. Well, right after he he's then you know he's talking to her for maybe 10 seconds at the most and then he he gets moving again right after he gets done talking to that person you see this little uh, forklift thing on the in, in the infield it comes over it picks that tire up and it puts it back into the grass now my question is why they ran the whole first heat of modifieds with that tire out on the track but the second heat of mine, exactly. Right, I mean, he didn't like that tire being out there. It was taking his groove, so let's move it. Why are we doing that? Right. That is. No, I mean, it should have been settled when that first heat started. It should have been settled. Yes. You know? I mean, you ran the first heat of modifieds with that tire right. out there, so we're going to run all the modifieds with that tire out there, and then we'll move it. But, uh, or it should have been moved before the before first set or not at all. of modified. Yes. Period. So. I agree. That's what aggravated me. I think it was political. It was a politics move that uh, Benny Boy didn't like it. I'm not getting my way. Yeah. Can you tell <laughs> Dad to come out here and move that tire or something? Because for those of you listening, um, I'm just trashing on a local driver that I I don't normally trash on people, but and he's a good driver. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's got skill. He looks like uh, he's about 15. But, but when he when when you when he's making decisions like that. He's locking himself in a box. As you know what I'm saying? He's he's making himself a one-trick pony. If oh yeah, now, all you got to do. Now, I'm gonna tell you right now. Here, here's here's what Dad and Grandpa would have told me, and your Dad and Grandpa would have told you. Figure out a way around it. Yeah. You know. Them other guys did it in that first right. heat. You can too. Don't be a bitch. Figure mm-hmm. a way out around it. If you yep. don't win, you don't win. But figure it out. Yep. Toughen up, boy. Right. And that's. I'm just going to tell you, for everybody listening, if you're a local guy and you're driving a Modifieds, come to I-65 Speedway sometime. All you got to do to win is take Ben Harmon out of that low groove because that's all he ever drives. If he's in the low groove and you can block that, you're going to beat him. So yeah. First place money guarantee right there. Guaranteed. I mean, you got to be fast because he is fast. But... Uh, but that's his mistake. He's a one-trick pony. He can't drive middle. He can't drive topside. Right. He can only go but low. But that's what I'm saying. Why he's young. He needs to be figuring that shit out. Yeah, he you needs know? to be, yeah. 
Ben, if you're listening. And Mark and Grandpa need to be telling him that. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah. Well, his dad's Chris. Chris. Now, Chris, I, I root for Chris all the time. He was a yeah. big-time figure-eight driver in our area. Good, good. And Hell of a driver. I've rooted for Chris for a long time. Um, I remember watching Grandpa when I was a kid, but... But old Benny boy here, and I, and the reason that I don't root for him. You've said this before. I've said this, and I, I'll say it until I'm proven otherwise. Until it changes. I don't root for him just because he admitted in a post-race interview that he don't work on the car. Dad, Dad and, and Grandpa put in a lot of hours on this car for me. Well, driving's only half of it, bud. I mean, you need Dad and Grandpa's not always going to be there. Unfortunately, so you you might want to start learning why you've got that information. And us being older gentlemen know that. Yeah. I mean, that's how I learned. Right. You know, I didn't know nothing about a car until I started working on it with my dad because my dad had plenty of experience working on cars. He could teach me while I was young, and I still had him, you know, to to learn that. Exactly. So, learn it. But yeah, that's. uh, that was my local trip. You know, I'm I'm thinking about getting a shirt made that says anybody but Harmon. You know, just oh, yeah. to piss everybody off at the track because that's what I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> just to see how many uh, um, Pepsi Harman, bottles. I dare you. Go high, Harmon, <laughs> yeah. I dare you. But uh, the racing was pretty good. I mean, there was this one kid there racing Hornets. And he come up in the stands and he was talking to, it had to have been his grandma and grandpa. Because this dude wasn't maybe four foot tall. He had on the little driving suit, the Hans device. He looked like he might have been 10 years old. He was a little bitty dude. I think he was the one that last race I was at with you and your dad and brother. Remember that geostorm that kept going around the track real slow on the inside of the track in the Hornets, and they finally made him get off the track. Yeah. I think it was him because I said, that's a kid driving. And that maybe, was not him. Was it not? No. I found out which car it was because I thought it was the same thing. I thought it was, and there was a couple slow cars that was just barely creeping around the track, and I thought, man, they need to get them off the track. They're going to get hurt. You know, right. I, don't, I don't want to see a little kid get hurt I, because I they're going get, too slow. You need to get laps to yes to get where you want to be at, but there's a there's a fine line between getting laps and thirty cars being on this track. Yeah, that are just buzzing by right. you quickly. Well, I figured out. Actually, Eric was the one, my son was the one that figured out which car he was in because he just kept watching Grandma and Grandpa back here, seeing which one they were watching. And they were watching this car that was freaking hauling. I mean, that kid was flying around this track in a Hornet. And uh, he was handling with the best of them, you know. Um, But uh, it got late. I had to work the next day. And that kid ended up getting into a wreck coming out of turn two he car ended up stopping halfway down the back stretch um, ambulances went out there fire engines went out there and they they stopped the races for a while um i don't think i don't think he was hurt i think it was all just precautionary stuff but um, before they got the races going back again i had to leave so i never did see the outcome so of this, that but this, he this kid was 10 12 years old huh yes and and next time you're there i'll point it i'll point out the car if if you're if he's there but um but yeah, it was it was a pretty good race. They must have had, like I said, probably thirty Crown Vicks. They had a full field of the the Hornets. They had, like I said, probably ten modifieds. I'd like to see that count go up. But um, that's a pretty good night of racing. Oh, good. Pretty good night. Good. You going to Jackson County Saturday night? I don't know. I don't pl- I don't plan on it. But 
I never rule anything out. I might yeah. get a I might get a phone call at four o'clock saying, "Let's go to Brownstown." I'll be like, "All right, I'm in." Right, right. So, it <laughs> I never pass up Brownstown, really, you know, because we we thought about going over. Oh yeah, yeah. They still got the fair going on up there this week. Yeah, yeah. Saturday's the last night for it, and I thought, you know, she could take the kids over to the fair, and if the kids wanted to go, whichever the kids wanted to go watch the race with me, they could, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be a packed house. Take, yeah, she could take them to ride rides. And, Brownstown Fair races. There's usually not an empty seat in the house. Right. It's and that place will hold. I don't know, but it it looks like it'll hold about five thousand people. Yeah. 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 So. It holds many to bring their lawn chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, I just want to tell you about that local stuff this week. Um, let's talk about this fantasy standings. Um, first off. Three people picked winners last week. Well, two people picked winners. Oh, two people. <laughs> <laughs> One person got an auto draw. <laughs> he finally got lucky on that auto yeah. draw. Huh? So we got Josh and you both picked Denny Hamlin and Mike R all the way at the basement. He got auto drawn for Denny Hamlin and yeah. finally ended up winning one. But um, Yeah, finally got my first win. Up, up to third place now. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're up to third. You passed Mama Lou. Uh-huh. I didn't think that was going to happen. It did for a minute. I'm sure she'll get me back. Oh, she'll get you back. I don't know, though. I took Harvick this week. Hey, you're she only four took, points apart. She took, uh, no, we're ten points apart. No, we are. We yeah. are, ain't we? Yeah, oh, you're shit. just four. Yeah. yeah, she took Bowman. I don't know about yeah. that one. That's yeah. Bowman the showman ain't working out so good this <laughs> no, year. No, no, he's not. I mean, it's it might not be a bad pick to burn just to, and I don't know if Because anybody could win it. Right, anybody could win it. All he needs to do is finish top ten. That's the way I look at it, anyway. If they finish top ten, I'm somewhat happy. Top five, I'm really happy. Yeah. I usually don't know what it's like to pick a winner, but. Um, so yeah, you you're you're up to seventh. You jump three spots. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty good jump. That's better than average. Yeah. So who's the next person I'm gonna pass? Can you tell? Looks like it's, it might be H.R. Scotty. Oh yeah, I'm gonna pass so, him. So. Uh, Who'd he pick? Oh, he's got Busher. What, at Richmond? What, how many points he got? Uh, HR's 251. I wrote it pretty small. Okay. I get made and fun of you got 258, so you're only seven points behind him. Yeah, seven points behind. He, he dropped it. one spot because yeah. you passed him. Right. That's what I do. I passed him like he's tied so, to a stump. Side draft. Yep. So, I mean, he took Busher, a Ford driver, and he took Hamlin, Toyota, mm-hmm. one of the favorites at the track. So, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah. I usually wouldn't be nervous about picking Hamlin at Richmond, but uh, I mean, with everything that Scotty, happened last week. Scotty, he uh he's the only one that took Busher in the whole field. Yeah. And that's not a bad pick. No, it's not a bad pick. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't tell him that. Right. You know, but it's it's not a bad pick. I don't think I think Bubba's probably pissed about it, you know that that he took Busher. <clears throat> well, once word gets out, yeah, whenever Bubba checks the the things on online there, he'll probably call him. Give him, give him all kinds of hell. You imagine that phone call? It's all we as friends. <laughs> Come on, Bubba. No offense, man. I can only pick you twice. He's saving for the I last, try to pick you all the saving time. Saving him for the last two races of the year. Yep. Um, let's see what else we what got was our, here. Who, who, who made the biggest jump this week in the biggest jump direction? Um, Looks like plus threes were the biggest. Um, yeah, plus threes. We got me, me, you, you and Riggs. Riggs. I see some plus twos on there. Yeah. Um, I see a minus five. Yeah, Chris Louie. Yeah, Louie. 
He dropped five. If you remember, Lou, he was up in the top five for a while. Yeah. I think he was top three for a little while, I, I think believe. He's, uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at his picks, but I don't know <laughs> if he's just burnt some good drivers, you know. Yeah. Or, I mean, obviously he's had some good picks because he was up well, there for a while. But He picked Hamlin this week, and that, that kind of makes me nervous. He's on the downslide, and he yeah. picked the same guy that I did, so I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. Me and him are the only two that picked any Hamlin. Yep, me and Jess took Harvick. So yep. I'm hoping she's on the upslide. <laughs> she she's determined she, to be. I don't yeah. know if she will be, but she's well, determined. Hopefully, to be. this is the beginning of that. <laughs> Earl, Earl. I don't know if it was Earl or Mrs. Earl that took Harvick, but I have a feeling that that was an Earl pick. I, I, I he didn't tell me that he was picking this week, but um, I was surprised with Joe's uh, Joe T. I was surprised with his pick. Yeah. To be, I mean, he's got some, he's got a little, very little window, you know, over second place right now. Yeah, it's only a four point difference. Right. And That's... to take it, you know, Brett, Brett Kozlowski, he's one of them drivers too that in his, you know, eight eight years ago, he could have went out there and went on any track. Yeah, I was going to say in his Penske days, he probably could have, you know, could have won it. But we, so I know he's got the ability as far as the equipment goes, that's that's what worries me right now. Yeah, we're starting to see uh, that RFK. They're on. They're making a move in the right direction. Definitely, yeah. him and Busher are performing. I think they're both in the top ten in points. Yeah, they're both in the playoffs right you know, now. So, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But to have such a small window on first place lead, and and second place picked Chris Bell. One of the yeah, that's, one of the favorites. Yeah. Uh, this I don't say this very often, and I know this is a Chevy track, of course, but them Gibbs cars are going to be fast. And, and that could be including Ty, yeah. you know? Because um, you know Truex and Bell and, and Hamlin, they're going to be up front. I don't know about Gibbs, you know, but... Uh, Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch could be up front quite a bit. I'm surprised there wasn't more Kyle Busch picks. Well, and the one Kyle, I think there was only one Kyle Busch pick. Believe it or not, that was an auto pick. Really? MoFat didn't turn one in. MoFat. Which I know he's got some stuff going on. Yeah, but you doing all right? I haven't heard from him. Well, but uh, Keep your chin up, MoFat. Yeah. But, you know, I was reading a thing on Richmond the other day, and they said... Uh, about Kyle Busch, that every race he has started on, started in at Richmond Motor Speedway, he has completed every lap except one. Really? He is 14,034 out of 14,035 laps at that track. That's impressive. That's pretty damn impressive. It's like 10 10, 10 years (laughs) or something like that. I mean, it was... It longer than that, but you know, I mean, it was a stupid amount of races. Yeah. And he's only not completed one lap. One lap out of all those. Wow. So I mean, that shows you right there. I mean, the guy's gonna go out there and he's gonna finish the race. Oh yeah. So if I was looking for somebody that wouldn't get caught in a wreck, that's who I'd go with. Well, I tell you what. Here's the thing I think about Kyle Busch these days with this new car. If he runs a clean race, he's not gonna be up front. If you see that guy spinning out through the grass about 35, 40 laps into <laughs> the race, <laughs> he's probably going to win. 
<laughs> or he's going to be up in the front contending well, that, at the that end. That tells you, you know? he's getting aggressive with the car. Yeah. If he's doing those things. And and he seems to be the only driver that can do that, you know, that consistently. You know, and I've and I've Larson. Larson, yeah, he, he can be do right that. There too, yeah. Um, it's kind of a joke with me and my wife. We're watching the race, and you see Kyle Busch go spinning out during the grass. You see, you see grass just flying up and big old clots of dirt damaged. and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> well, there's your winner right there. <laughs> and it never fails. He's up there towards the front. But um, how's Hunter doing? Hunter has fell back to fifth spot, and I know H.R. Scotty is just chomping at the bit right. to pass that guy. He's been saying it since week three, I think, and we'll pass Hunter. And he's but only one point away. I haven't talked to Hunter. Hunter Hunter's at the point now where when he sends me his pick, he'll say, give me Truex, I guess. Usually, you know. He had some confidence with it? It was always, I want number five. Or I want number four this week, or you know, I want number this. Can't wait, gonna be awesome. Now yeah. it's like, I guess it's gonna be number eight. <laughs> it's beating him down now. Yeah. It's getting to him. <laughs> a little bit of bad luck will really, I mean, really it, diminish it. Yeah, it's just, it's just kicked him around the nuts. But, well, uh, Scott might get his wish this week. I, I mean, oh man, Scott I, I don't, tough I don't, to live with I mean, I don't look for Truex. A Truex can go out there and just. Truex could win this thing. He could, but he's only won here once. You know, it's uh, it's still a damn good pick, I gotta say. But I just don't see it. Well, I hope it don't happen. I don't see it. But um, um, he's not. I don't think he's your short track. He's not your ringer at the short track. Right, you know what I'm saying? Not mine, anyway. Yeah. You know, and statistics will show that. Right. But. Nonetheless, he could go out there and win this race. He could. I mean, he's he's performed awesome this year. I think them Gibbs and and they're on a roll right now. That whatever they, I'm surprised nobody took Ty. I think Ty's just too new to everybody. Yeah, but I mean, he knows how this track works. I mean, you know, to me, if I was looking to save a pick, which I had, I had. Well, you've picked Ty before, right? Yeah, and I did, and I got fifth out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Take it all good. day long, mm-hmm. but I think Ty Gibbs would have been a good one to. Ty, yeah, I mean he's another guy. He's in a Gibbs car, so he might just come out there and and do really good. But we'll just have to wait and see. But I think that that is the biggest uh, race that I'm watching as far as these standings go is Hunter and Scott. and HR Scotty, because yep. one's on the downswing and one's he's sensing blood in the water, so. So Donovan was an auto pick this week too. He Little turn, D. Yeah, he didn't turn in a pick. He got auto picked with Byron. Well, that's not a bad pick to have. And but... Mike R got auto picked with uh, Larson. Mm. So, a couple of Hendricks boys, but you know they could be the ones that get into it with uh, Hamlin too. So. They could. They could. <laughs> that's what makes me. I, nervous. I wouldn't be mad if they took <laughs> each other you out. Wouldn't. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh? I do have to ask this. When I seen this on the list, Jeff C. down there picked a 38 car of Gilliland. Todd Gilliland, yeah. Did he I, have a reason behind that? He, or he just he said, just, just give said, me the 38? He just, well, he actually said Todd Gilliland. I, really? He didn't give me a car number. So I knew who, I knew his car number. So, you know, it's it threw me for a loop, too. Yeah. 
But I mean, I, I've seen picks like that on a super speedway at Talladega, Daytona, stuff like that. Right. I've seen picks like that, but never seen it on a short track. I was just wondering if that was my maybe a strategy move because I've played. I if it is, I know what strategy he's doing, and I, I played that last year. It almost worked for me, but then it didn't. But um, what strategy was that? <laughs> I don't see the strategy. You don't see in the that. strategy in that. Not at all. Okay. Well. Here's the strategy to Jeff C. right now. If I'm right, and I, I don't know if I am or not, because I don't know Jeff, but um, I think he is so far into the season, and he's so far towards the bottom of the list, why pick good people? Why pick good drivers? Why not save them for the playoffs? Right? So it's basically like tanking for the number one draft pick in these professional sports. Like when a, you see an NBA team, they're like four wins and 64 losses so they're just going to tank the season so that way they get a better pick in the draft right yeah but you don't get nothing more than three more points every well, sport you draw but you've got a lot of better picks right. so a lot of these people above you don't are know. picking their these big drivers to stay where they're at but Jeff C down here in 23rd spot he's he's already tanking I mean, he, so he's 23rd spot, so what's he going to do, fall a couple of spots, lose six more points on the on the fantasy? When, and But he's keeping a lot of heavy hitters that he can use once or twice during the playoffs. And that's what I did last year. I was, if you get to so far, and everything that you're doing is not working, so it's like, screw it. I'm just going to tank until the playoffs start, and then I'm going to use some heavy hitters because, like right now, he is, how many points is he away from 22nd? That's a lot of math. I'm going to say 18 points. 20. Yeah, okay. 18. 18 points away from 20 seconds. That, that could take three races to pass that. He ain't got three races, and that's just going to get him one spot. Well, He's still Paul, in the 20s. Well, could take one. That's true. Paul sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know what I mean? But then once them intervals get to three points apiece, it's a lot easier to pass two or three guys at a time, two or three people at a time. Yeah, I that's, see that. That was my strategy last year. And it was working for me until until the Bubba Larson thing because I and I remember it because I picked Chris Bell in that race and that their stuff ended up fire. taking out yeah. Chris Bell, yeah. So um I think that's what he might be doing, I don't know. But Well, I mean that's the only thing that makes sense with taking Todd Gilliland. I mean it's <laughs> <laughs> all fingers point to that so i mean that's what i'm that's my logical thinking behind that i don't know if that's right maybe he knows something that we don't about todd gilliland right. maybe he's maybe maybe him and todd are friends i don't know i don't have no clue <laughs> yeah. but to see the 38 car on there it's like what the hell okay we'll see what happens but um um what else there was one thing i was gonna Oh, I was thinking today. Bullshit. Thinking about this fantasy stuff. Um, what if, and this is for like next year or whenever, but I'm just going to run it by you. And, and, and I don't know how to complete what I'm saying, but we're, we're racking up well, some people are. I'm not, but in NASCAR, wins matter, right? That's what locks you into the playoffs, and that's what, you know, you get bonus points for winning the race, playoff points and all that stuff. What if we did something with 
your number of wins. And I know that you've got a separate payout for that as yeah. far as whoever wins the most gets a certain cut. But what if we did something to where... So at... <clears throat> Let me see if I can try to paint this picture here. When when the playoffs start, the points get reset to three-point intervals. We have that already in, right? So the leader is going to start at zero, second place at three, six, nine, twelve, on so on down the list, and then the playoffs start. What if, and something to just think about, but what if, like let's say, I don't know, let's just pick someone. Let's say H.R. Scotty has three wins when the playoffs start. Those three wins, I think, should... Maybe there should be... For each one, you get Maybe two for points each one, deducted. you get one or two points or something like that. Well, see, the way... So that might actually help you. Right. And, and Scotty, let's say if the playoffs started today, Scotty would be in sixth place. But he's got three wins, and each of those wins are worth, let's say, two points apiece. So then he would have six points that he could basically cut from his total. So sixth place, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen. So he would start with fifteen, but he's got six points worth of wins. So that would knock him down to what, seven points? Right. You know what I mean? That way it would emphasize winning. Well, and and I like where you're going with that. The way this league used to work, but keep in mind, this is when there was eighty people in the league. Right. I think the most it ever had was eighty two. Um but the way it worked was when the chase started in NASCAR, the chase started in the Fantasy League as well. You had two brackets. You had the chase drivers and the non-chase drivers. You could still win money in the non-chase. You just wasn't up here in the chase. Mm -hmm. And the way this league worked was everybody within 100 points of the leader was in the chase so it didn't matter if it was five people no, or 25 no. people it was it was 16 people or uh yeah 16 just like nascar okay okay it was if there was if there was 17 people within 100 points of the leader there were 17 people in it if there was eight people in within 100 points of the points leader then we took another eight based on wins Okay. And that's how it worked. So, I mean, but first, second, third payout in the chase was like 400, 700, and 1,200. Mm -hmm. In the non-chase, it was 100, 200, and 300 for first, second, third. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you wanted to be in the chase. Right. But there was always 16 people. There was always 16 people in the fantasy chase. So, I mean, that's that's my goal is to get it up to that again to where we can have 50, 60, 70, 80 people in this thing. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine how pissed off H.R. Scotty would be oh, with 80 you. people in this thing and he's stuck down in 30th spot? It makes, it makes for a... <laughs> He's mad as hell just because you passed him. <laughs> and I know he's getting nervous because I'm getting ready to yeah, pass him. You're hopefully. right on his ass. So if I pass him, I know he's going to be tough to tough to live with. And I apologize to Steph now, HR's wife, Stephanie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and apologize because if I do pass him this week, he's going to be tough to live with. 
<laughs> and I will not shut up. I know that. Because <laughs> I've listened to this guy for three years <laughs> talking shit about how he's ahead of me in his NASCAR stuff. Yeah, and even if it's just for one week, you better take advantage of it. Oh, I day. will. Every I will. day, you better take advantage of it. He'll just have to... <laughs> He's going to have to block my number for a week. So I'm just going to light him up. He's going to end up calling me. You just shut up. But, I mean, the points are still... Going into Pocono, these points were really, really tight. Yeah. And they're still pretty tight in certain spots. Yeah, I mean, it's a know. lot of, you know, one, two-point gaps. A lot of five, six-point gaps. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, just by looking, the biggest gaps is between you and Josh, which was which is like... 25 points that's a that's a pretty decent gap um and then i go down through there sam and jason h looks like 13 points so i mean there's still some spots where there's gapped out but for the most part it's still pretty close and i think that's what makes this fantasy stuff exciting is because it's simple it's close and it's it's mostly luck yeah especially now with this new car right you know i mean it's you can pick the favorite at every racetrack that's that's pretty much Mike Reverse is what we're going to call it. Right. <laughs> here's the drivers that he can't use anymore. He can't use the 22, the 4, the 20, the 1, the 19, the 11, the 12, <laughs> the 24, and now the 8. He's going to be picking B.J. McLeod in the playoffs, ain't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that sucks. That's that's like the all star race right there. Oh you yeah, cannot choose from you know. <laughs> so, well, it's close. It's crazy. I know Jess is. Uh, she fell one spot, and I know that she is. She's been frustrated the past couple of weeks because she won a couple of weeks ago didn't move. and didn't move a spot, no. and then she finished top five, I think, last week. And she fell a spot, so she's just been getting she's 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 mad. Yeah. Well, hopefully this week she'll jump four or five spots. And she picked Harvick, yeah. so you know. I mean, and the people right in front of her is she's sitting at three twelve. People in front of her is three oh six, three oh six, three oh five, three oh one. So one good race. So I said she can jump could, four or five spots. Yeah. And she's got Bowman right in front of her, so that that could be a. Could be a big jump right there, so. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, Eric, I just want to say this before we go. Um, Eric was on uh, doing the i racing thing. He was on YouTube this past weekend yeah, running a race, and he did pretty good. Did he? He had a bad heat race. He got, he had to run through the concy. He won the concy, and then um, he went out for the feature. He started like eleventh, and he was up to fourth. Um, and then a restart, somebody took him out, like, really late in the race. But <clears throat> he worked his way from 11th to 4th in that feature. And um, Did you get to watch him? or? Yeah. Did yeah, you? we was watching him live as it happened. It was pretty cool. You watch it here on mm-hmm. YouTube while he's doing it at home? Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. He's got another one coming up this Sunday. I don't know the, uh, I think it was like an e-signature sports or something like that was the name of the, the YouTube channel. Um, I think he said it was at Bristol. And last week he was running dirt late models on on the iRacing, so he he did pretty good with them. Um, he was a black and white car, 
with a red 17, I think it was. We had ridingthewall.com on the on the car. So proud sponsor. So yeah, so you can you can find him there. Good job, Bert. Uh, yeah, he did really good. I think he said this week was a really big race. I don't know if that's far as payout or just number of people me, showing up. Send me the link whenever you get it. I'll do that. I'll tell you what. I'll post the link on ridingthewall.com. There you go. That way anybody that wants to watch can watch. Um, you'll you'll see. But I think he said this had like some different classes of cars all racing at the same time. I don't understand that one. So that's going to be kind of new to me. But uh, it's at Bristol, so I don't know if it's going to be dirt or asphalt. But he's been running dirt so far, so... Right but on. I just wanted to throw that out there before we go. Um, that's all I've got for this week. You got anything? I don't. I'm ready to wrap so it up. We're ready to wrap it up and um, enjoy your week. Hopefully you can beat the heat wherever you're at. If you're going to the races this weekend some somewhere. This heat's hitting me right in the face. I guarantee it. <laughs> enjoy the races. Uh, take somebody new if you can. Get some fresh faces involved in the sport. It's always fun. And... Uh, we will be back next week and talk about some Richmond. Hopefully we got some drama and some smoke I'm there sure to talk we will. about. So have a good week. Be careful. Thank you.